Hey, strangers, welcome to another episode of The Strange Sessions. As always, I am Kurt, and I am joined by my lovely co-host, Krista. Hi, Krista. Hey, Kurt. And we are kind of your absentee parents this week because we really aren't in the studio this week. This is a backup episode. So if you're hearing this, that means one of us is sick or the weather was so bad we could not get to the studio to record. Or Krista threw her back out again. Or Krista threw her back out again. So this episode is pre-recorded live. Yeah. <laughs> we'll try not to make any references to current events. Yeah. Because they're probably not current anymore. Because yeah. we have no idea when. <laughs> but the way this winter is going, this could easily be released. Our first episode, our first of, season episode three. of season four. Oh, four. Season, season four. four. Oh, my God. So we are just recording this one so you guys have something to listen to because we could not get together, yep. which is probably going to happen yep. very soon. So this episode might not be as long or as in-depth as the other ones. And the backup episodes, I kind of use just to talk about something I really like, so I don't have to research a ton. But it turns out I did that anyway. <laughs> so any, It's sort of like a mini-mystery. In a it's little, sort of like a mini-mystery. Except I didn't do any work. Yeah. What's weird is that this and another backup episode we are going to do both are tied into books that I came across in the public library when I was really young and oh. I got really fascinated with. Okay. So cool. that's both. Of, I don't know if we're going to get to the other backup episode today or not because it's already getting kind of mm-hmm. late in the day, even though it's only like 930 in the noon. morning. It's yeah. 1030 actually. <laughs> so, yep, this is just a backup episode. So if you skip it, you're not really going to miss anything. But if you are interested in this and this topic, I am seriously fascinated with. And I think a lot of people will be too, because I know people have mentioned this, okay. us doing this. Yeah. But we don't really have any housekeeping because this is a backup episode. Yeah. And no shout outs or we do have, we have no a shout, shout out? We have a shout out, just a random shout out because I like giving random shout outs during our backup episodes. And this shout out goes to Joan Murray for being a badass. Her hobby was skydiving, and on September 25th, 1999, she jumped from a plane at 14,500 feet. So she was up there. Yeah. Her main parachute did not open, and although her backup parachute finally opened at 700 feet, it didn't open correctly, and it quickly deflated. Oh, I have so many heebie-jeebies right now. <laughs> so she plummeted to the ground at over 80 miles an hour, landing on a mound of fire ants that immediately swarmed out and started stinging her. <laughs> what are the odds of yeah, that? Yeah, exactly. But doctors say that the shock of being stung by over 200 fire ants released a surge of adrenaline, which kept her heart beating oh my and kept her alive. That's insane. So it's, it, they basically said if she had not landed on the fire ant mound, she probably would have died. It was not her day it to go. It's not her day in the least. She ended up completely shattering the right side of her body, and the landing actually knocked fillings out of her oh teeth. <laughs> she went into a coma for two weeks, but survived after 20 reconstructive That's surgeries. That's probably um, something she's thankful yes. for now. Yeah. <laughs> the 20, coma. Con- 20 reconstructive surgeries and 17 blood transfusions, and she went on her 37th skydive in 2001. So that story wow. has always amazed me that... You know, it's like a miracle right there. <laughs> it, it, That's crazy. It is, but it's like the worst possible, you know, I mean, to perfect to, storm to, of to, events to yeah. plummet to the ground and then land on a, a mound of fire ants. I don't ever want to get stung by a fire ant no. because everything I've ever read about them, it is horrible. Yeah. It's like they said it's like being shot. It burns and hurts so much. But, but then the fall to, 
to the earth. Like and falling out of a, a plane, plane is bad isn't enough, bad enough. But, you know, that's like the cherry on the crap cupcake is falling on wow. a mound of fire ants. But And then she went on a 37th skydive. I don't think I would no. leave the ground I don't think again. I'd ever even fly again. No, exactly. No. So, Joan, you are awesome. So, wow. you know. I hope she bought a lottery ticket or I something. I hope she did too because that story amazes me. Although that would probably be in the story if she won the lottery. Yeah, but God. I suppose surviving that was winning the lottery yeah, in her. Yeah, basically. I just can't imagine That's that. That's crazy. But then you hear stories of people that do fall out of planes. They survive and, it. And because yeah. they land on just the right surface, mm-hmm. they survive. So that's just crazy to me. So yeah, that's Joan Murray. Oh, that's crazy. I love that okay. story. Yeah. Uh, we do have a taste test. Okay. This... I shouldn't have just eaten all that trail This mix. isn't food. This is a beverage. Oh, okay. So do we have cups? We do. They're in the closet. If not, you can just take a drink and then I'll take a drink after you. Okay. Yeah. Let's not create waste. I've seen this a lot at Walmart and I've always wanted to try it. So I figured why not try it for a backup episode? Go. And it is, here you go. Drink simple maple water. It is maple water. Okay. Like if there's a bag, is there something to read that tells you what's in it? I feel like it should be... Caramel colored because maple? maple. I think of maple. I syrup. don't think it's so much syrup. I think it's just like maple the. Flavor? I think it's the water or something from inside a maple tree. I think it's not syrup, but I think it's like the. Does it say what does it say? Like for ingredients. Like does it say anything like on there talking about it? Well, benefit? it just says less sugar than coconut water, more manganese than a cup of kale. That's it's, a lot, because kale has a lot of manganese. Kale's so good for you. Gluten-free, vegan, paleo, naturally alkaline, if you're into that. <laughs> Contains electrolytes, antioxidants, and prebiotics. That doesn't so really... Yeah, it is just maple water. I don't... Hmm. Okay, I'm going to take a picture. I don't think it's going to be like syrup. It kind of matches It would be kind of gross drinking a thing of maple syrup. Although I love maple syrup. Oh my God. I love, I made ma- whole I love wheat. anything maple. Yeah. I made whole wheat pancakes this morning Those, like, with cookies, maple syrup. The cookies that are in the shape of a leaf, like the, with the maple filling. Oh yeah. Oh. oh, there we go. I couldn't get my camera to open. It is drink simple maple water. Original. So I don't know what other flavors there are. It's 30 calories for the whole container. So it must have like natural sugars in yeah. it. All right, I'm going to try I'm it. I'm curious open. to try it. I've it always seen to it. open. I feel like I have to take this off first, though. I don't think I've ever seen this in the store. Ooh. I'm excited because I love maple. I love anything maple related. Uh oh, Krista might have just broken a nail. <laughs> nope, just bent it a little. Oh, it's got a. These are the things I struggle with. Oh, this one's coming right off. Especially when they don't have a little flap that Was you I can pull it off. shake it? Like a Polaroid picture? Yeah. You can always put the cap on and reshake it. True story. I had a coworker, that Outcast song. She thought they were saying, shake it like a corduroy pizza. <laughs> you tell me where the logic is in that. <laughs> is a, I've had a lot of pizzas in my life. I've never had a corduroy a quarter, pizza. And why would you shake it if you did have I one? I don't know. Anything? Does it I smell can't ma- really tell. Does it smell maple-y? It kind of smells like food in here anyway, because there's like some kind of potluck going on. Yeah, they're on. having a potluck out there. Hmm. I'm actually going to pour it in here so you don't have to, just I in can, case I'm getting sick or something. That's a good point. You never know. Because between you or I, one I'm of us. going to do a shot. She's going to do a shot. Yeah. I could have poured funny. it in my, except they would have tainted it with coffee. Right. You ready? I'm ready. 
Wow. Well, it tastes like maple water. It, That's interesting. It is interesting. It's thicker than water. A little bit. It's a little bit thicker than water, and it's got a sweetness to it, but it doesn't really... It's not overly sweet, No, though. it doesn't really taste like maple. I, I taste it. maple. I totally taste the maple. Do another shot. <laughs> We're doing shots. Shot, shot, shot. That's a song, I think. I don't really taste... I taste sugar. I taste like it's sweeter than water. I get the maple, though. And I, it could be because I literally had maple but syrup this morning. To me, the the thickness of it is a little weird. The thickness of it is a it's little weird. It's not quite like a, a gel. It's no. way thinner than that, but... But it's thicker than regular water. I like it. I get maple at the very end. I like it. I really mm-hmm. do. Hmm. It's got 40% of your daily manganese requirements. I like. I could drink this all the time. Yeah, I like it's pretty this. good. Sometimes you want, like, sometimes this is going to sound stupid. <laughs> sometimes water by itself doesn't taste good, and I don't mean that it has a bad taste. It's just I don't have the desire to drink it. See, and I'm I'm the opposite. I never like have water? to add anything. I love water. I never have to add anything to water to drink it. But if I do, it, it's going to be like lemon or something. Yeah. I'm not like someone who's drinking raspberry flavored water. That's no. gross. No, I like. I'm, what are you going to give this out of ten? I'm going to give it like a seven because I'm probably not going to buy something like that um, just because, you know, water doesn't have any sugar or calories in it. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> but I think it's good. I'm going to give it an eight because I really do like it. It tastes what I thought it was going to taste like. And I could see drinking this, but I also, if I had to choose between this and just regular water, I don't know what I would take because I love regular water. But this, yeah, I like good. the fact that it's lightly sweet. It's like really lightly sweet. Yeah. But it's, it's just, not, it's, it's like a hint of maple. Yeah. Well, I was gonna so I'm going to give it an eight. I really do like it. Cool. All right. So the topic that I picked for this backup episode that I am fascinated with is uh, subliminal messages. Like I love subliminal messages. It also messages. really freaks me out. It freaks me out too, because it is kind of mind control. Totally. It's a little bit of mind control. Yeah. Just like a really subtle, subtle mind, mind control. control. Yeah. Uh, I've always been fascinated with the idea of subliminal messages and subliminal advertising. When I was a kid, I stumbled across Wilson Brian Key's book, Subliminal Seduction, in the library, and I was just like blown away by it. I was so young, and I don't remember what I was even doing in that section of the library, but the front of the... I was going to bring the book, and I didn't. I should have. The front of the book has a picture of, I think, just like a drink with ice cubes in it, and it says, are you being sexually aroused by this picture? Okay. And I was like, why would I be? So then I, I read the book and I was just like blown away by the idea of advertising using subliminal imagery. It's probably way more common than any of us have Oh, any I idea. totally agree. I 100% agree. So that that's, and the other backup episode we're going to do was another library thing where I came across a book that I was fascinated with. Okay. But I was, cool. I have no idea again why I found this book, but I was just like blown away by this book. And I want to say I was like seventh grade or eighth grade. Hmm. So I was like really young to be reading a book about subliminal advertising. I think at that age though, you're starting to be curious about About it. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. So the word subliminal is defined as quote, below the threshold of sensation or consciousness perceived by or affecting someone's mind without them being aware of it. And it's more or less a subtle method of mind control, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it is scary. It's like one of those scary topics, but there's a lot of people that believe it doesn't work. There's a lot of people that believe it does work. So we're going to go into it a little bit here and there's some fun stuff. So it's not going to all be real sciencey. Okay. 
According to the article, quote, how subliminal messages work on the website HowStuffWorks.com, quote, no one can say for sure when the first subliminal message was attempted. And as you just read, a lot depends on what you consider a subliminal message. But here's what we know. The Greeks, those master orators, first began using rhetoric to influence people as far back as the 5th century B.C. Rhetoric is carefully selected language a speaker uses to persuade or impress listeners, although the audience often views the message as insincere or mere puffery. Hmm. I love mere puffery. Hmm. Still, it can work. People can unwittingly be persuaded to believe something a speaker says if the speaker uses just the right words, phrases, or sentences. And that's 100% still true today. Things like presidential speeches or advertisement dialogue are put together by professionals to sway our opinions without us being aware of Mm -hmm. it. And it's true. I mean, like, advertising slogans or presidential speeches, these aren't just whipped together. There's, like, a group of people that analyze every single word that somebody uses to get a speech across. Right. And like you said, it's it's frightening to think of something that you're just listening to, like offhandedly, could be construed in a way that it's going to... It could be to, nudging you in a certain It could be nudging direction. you in a certain way, and that's yeah. exactly what subliminal messages do. As early as the 1940s, primitive subliminal messages started to appear in movies, animation, and radio broadcasts. One often cited occurrence is a Looney Tunes cartoon from 1943 called Wise Quacking Duck. Mm -hmm. At one point in the cartoon, Daffy Duck quickly turns a statue holding a shield. For one frame, while the statue is facing us, the words, quote, by bonds is visible on the shield. And you you can see it. It's on YouTube. You can go to YouTube and see it. Now, with YouTube and being able to pause videos, it's fairly easy to spot. But back in 1943, people seeing this cartoon in movie theaters would have had no idea about the message and no way to see it. Hmm. People theorized that this was a subliminal message put into the cartoon by the government to unconsciously get viewers to buy war bonds to help finance the war. Other people believe that this was just the animators having fun. In 1957, marketing researcher James Vickery called together a group of reporters for a press conference about an important announcement. Vickery announced that he had just run a successful experiment at a movie theater in Fort Lee, New Jersey. He said that his new business, the Subliminal Projection Company, had used a device called a tachistoscope. Uh, I've always had a problem with this word, tachistoscope, which is a high-speed slide projector to project the two phrases, quote, hungry, eat popcorn, uh-huh. and, quote, drink Coca-Cola, onto the movie screen during the film Picnic. Over the course of the experiment, the messages were flashed at one three-thousandth of a second at continuous intervals on the screen and were way too fast to be consciously noticed by the audience. According to Vickery, over 45,000 moviegoers were subjected to the messages. Vickery said that the experiments had resulted in an 18.1% hike in popcorn sales and a 57.5% spike in Coca-Cola sales. Vickery had founded the Subliminal Projection Company to capitalize on this technique. He is said to have bragged, quote, This innocent little technique is going to sell a hell of a lot of goods. Hmm. Innocent? So, in, yeah. <laughs> uh, the tachistoscope is a real device. It was used, actually, to train, I want to say it was Air Force soldiers. It would flash, like, images of 
enemy's planes on the screen so fast that they would be able to remember what that plane was. So yeah, the tachistoscope is a real device, but it it does what it says. It can flash images super fast on a screen. Also in 1957, the book The Hidden Persuaders by Vance Packard was published. This book discussed how advertisers were constantly trying to manipulate us without our knowledge, so combining this with Vickery's experiment, the concept of subliminal advertising was born. With the announcement and publication of Vickery's experiment, there was a huge uproar. The public went into panic mode at the idea of hidden messages controlling them, while at the same time, advertisers and government agencies kind of went, hmm, about the possibility of using this power to manipulate people. But at the same time, while they were excited at this possibility of using this to uh, influence or manipulate people, they were frightened about the idea of others, particularly communists, using this technology against us. Based on Vickery's claims, the CIA quickly produced a report called, quote, The Operational Potential of Subliminal Perception. The public was already worried about something like this because in the late 1950s, U.S. military propaganda after the Korean War attributed some of the defections of American troops to a mysterious new tactic called brainwashing. Nevertheless, the media became fascinated with the idea. During a two-week period in September 1957, WTWO, Bangor, Maine, tested subliminal messages in station promotional announcements. The words, quote, if you have seen this message, write WTWO, were flashed every 11 seconds for 1 80th of a second on alternate days. The station said that there were no noticeable increases in their mail, so the experiment was abandoned. Hmm. So they thought that they wanted to see if this would help. Like people would just randomly mail them after this subliminal message, and they didn't. I think that's kind of an odd experiment, though. In 1958, Chicago radio station WAAF began selling subliminal ads of faint audio played behind the music for $1,000 per week for 500 ads. This audio said things like, quote, drink 7-Up or, quote, buy shell oil. Hmm. So That's more likely to work, I think. Yeah. That they were Asking put, you to do something you wouldn't normally do, yep. like we're gonna, write a We're going to get into that with, with the okay. idea behind how it works. But, you know, I could see that they were playing it at such a low volume, you could barely hear it. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, the question is always, like, does your consciousness hear it? Mm-hmm. The movie called My World Dies Screaming, also known as Terror in the Haunted House, was also released in 1958. The movie advertised itself as being filmed in Psychorama, and talked about using something called, quote, the pre-con process. Scattered throughout the movie are flashing subliminal drawings lasting only one frame, featuring crudely drawn images of skulls, beating hearts, knives, and monster faces with the words prepare to die written underneath. Hmm. The movie's on YouTube, and you can go watch the movie, and you can see these subliminal. They're not, I mean, they're really noticeable, that oh, there's something flashing on the screen. subliminal about it. No, I mean, they're, they're pretty noticeable, because... You'll see if you watch the movie, but if you look up My World Dies Screaming and watch it, you're going to see these subliminal messages pop up sometimes during the movie. On January 19th, 1958, during a half-hour CBC TV network program carried on 27 Canadian stations, a subliminal message reading, Call Now, was flashed on the screen 352 times, one-fifth of a second long. Viewers were asked to report their reactions. The CBC said that the experiment proved inconclusive as to the effectiveness of the technique since nobody called, but people called in reporting things like having a sudden need to go to the bathroom. 
So (laughs) that didn't really do much either. Right. While all of this was going on, scientists who were attempting to replicate Vickery's results found that these kinds of messages seemed to have no effect at all on behavior. Eventually, one of the scientists thought to drive over and visit the theater in Fort Lee that Vickery apparently did the the, uh, experiment at. It turned out that the theater's manager had never heard of James Vickery and had never installed a tachistoscope and that his theater was way too small for the numbers claimed in Vickery's report. Then, in an article in Advertising Age magazine on September 7, 1962, five years after his original announcement, James Vickery admitted that his popcorn experiment was indeed a hoax intended to save his failing business and that it had no scientific or practical validity. Hmm. So he basically lied about the popcorn and Coca-Cola stuff. Oh, jeez. Yeah, just to sell his, to get people interested in his uh, subliminal projection company. Hmm. And a lot of, a lot of, places that I studied stuff about subliminal messages don't say that it was a hoax. They say that it was a legitimate experiment without ever you know, saying, yeah, it turned out to be a hoax. But by this time, the subliminal message genie was out of the bottle and there was no going back. Sure. In 1973, Wilson Brian Key, a journalism professor with a doctorate in communications, wrote the book Subliminal Seduction, in which he claimed that advertisers embedded hidden images in their ads to manipulate people into buying their products. These images could be hidden words, usually the word sex, or it could be phallic images, death imagery, or symbolic deviant sex acts like bestiality or pedophilia. Subliminal Seduction ended up selling over 2.5 million copies and was followed up with more books by Key, including Media Sexploitation and a book called The Clam Plate Orgy. In Media Sexploitation, he claims that rich crackers have the word sex baked onto their surface a dozen times on each cracker. He warned about an upcoming surge in subliminal advertising. Hmm. And I've read all of his books, and he has pictures of Ritz crackers where you can see where he draws in where the sexes are. He says that there was a some kind of plate that they went into to get baked that had the word sex written mm-hmm. on the plate, that the word sex were written under the Ritz cracker. With the idea that sex sells and people would subliminally yeah, want to buy see more the cracker of the cracker. And be like, Ooh, it'll it'll like influence hmm. them to be aroused when they eat the cracker Hmm. you know i love ritz crackers maybe that's why i don't know (laughs) they are good they're very buttery oh they're so good it's the butter that's why they're so good it's not the it's not the sex subliminal messages probably not i've never looked that closely at a ritz cracker (laughs) but he's an interesting guy i mean he yeah he talks about uh, i don't i don't think it's there anymore but he said the word sex used to be in abraham lincoln's beard on the five dollar bill hmm so he's very... It's very Freudian. Yeah, it is very <laughs> Freudian. But, I mean, sex is like one of our basic drives. Yeah. You know, if you if something unconsciously affects that drive, it's going to yeah. affect sex you. Sex does sell. That's a yeah, phrase it because does. it's true. It does. Shortly before Christmas 1973, the FCC received complaints that some television stations had broadcast an advertisement for a children's board game called Husker Du. And I totally remember this game. Mm. I remember commercials for it when I was a kid. They said that the commercials contained a subliminal message that flashed on the screen four times during the commercial for fractions of a second. The message consisted of the two words, get it, urging viewers to purchase the game advertised in the commercial. Hmm. An FCC inquiry disclosed that the NAB TV Code Authority had learned of the use of the subliminal message in late November and had received a statement from the advertising agency that it was sending telegrams to all stations to which the advertisements had been sent. Oh, and just so you know, there's a bunch of kids in the room next to us. So if you hear 
children's voices. It's not ghosts. It's actual <laughs> people in the room yep. next to us. It's distracting. It's We're very, used it's, to it's being very here distracting. Alone. Yeah, we are used to being here quiet. So, where was I now? The agency told the code authority it was informing the stations of the subliminal statements, authorizing them to delete the subliminal message from the spots and telling them that film prints that did not contain the get it flashes would be sent to them. Despite the code authority's actions, some stations apparently continued to broadcast the subliminal ads, and some said that they had no record of receiving the telegram from the agency. In 1974, the FCC issued public notice FCC 74-78 and an information bulletin called Subliminal Projection following much investigation into the topic. The FCC stated that all broadcasting licensees should not use subliminal advertising techniques because the techniques are deceptive, which runs counter to the purpose of the FCC. Hmm. Ad executives have stated that if subliminal advertising were actually practiced, there would be agencies specializing in subliminal messages and thousands of technical books offering detailed analysis of how to do it when none of those exist. They have always, advertising agencies have always said that they did not practice this. Right. I think that you're probably going to get to this, but there's other forms of subliminal influencing, though. Yeah. That yeah. don't involve a message. You know what I mean? Like restaurants use certain lighting oh, yeah, and yeah. paint their walls certain yeah. colors yeah. because you eat more in the, that well, uh, situation. One of the ones that I was going to talk about, I actually pulled out, but it's still in my notes, so I can read it because that's kind of exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um. So they basically said, no, there are, there's no such thing as subliminal advertising. Hmm. But Key's books, and uh, some, of his, some of the stuff in his books, totally, totally, you can see that there is something. So we'll get to that when we talk about the what do you thinks. Okay. But in the 1980s, there was a huge rise in subliminal self-help tapes. And I remember that. Yep. I remember even buying a couple of those. Well, it's like self-hypnosis. Yeah, it's like self-hypnosis, but not as deep as self you know Mm -hmm. you're basically listening to this thing where somebody is whispering underneath you are worthy you are loved (laughs) and all that stuff and i remember actually people like i (laughs) I remember actually owning a couple of those okay for years scientists and researchers scoff at the belief that subliminal messages had any effect but some recent experiments show that there might be something to it in a 2008 experiment by fitzsimmons chartrand and fitzsimmons Subjects were exposed to 30 milliseconds of the Apple logo, which triggered an association with creativity. As a result, the subjects were able to come up with significantly more creative solutions than those who were exposed to an IBM logo. Apparently, the subliminal exposure to Apple's logo temporarily enhanced people's creativity. This is a powerful example of how visual priming can activate our semantic network without our awareness. Like, I don't really get, I don't understand why seeing the Apple logo sub. You know, I don't a get it either. Message would increase your creativity. Just a picture of an apple. Yeah, because they, I mean, Apple's creative, but so is IBM, and so are other companies. Mm-hmm. So I always, that always, like, surprised me that that affected people's creativity. Yeah, I don't know. I have a hard time buying that, but in a 2006 study by Karaman, Strobe, and Klaus, it was discovered that people were significantly more likely to choose a Lipton ice drink when there were subliminal messages primed with the words Lipton ice. Hmm. Murphy and Zanjonk found out in a 1993 experiment that people developed a more favorable opinion of ambiguous symbols after subliminal messages were flashed with smiling individuals, which kind of makes sense. Yeah. In fact, this effect was much stronger when the exposure was more subliminal. Like if it was flashed, 
a, if a symbol was shown on the screen and there was a subliminal flash of somebody smiling, you would have a more favorable reaction to that symbol. That totally makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, they, these do have an effect on mm-hmm. us. I, I'm 100% I so. convinced that they do. Bornstein, Leone, and Galley in 1987 found that people agreed more with a person when there was a message flashed with a picture of the person. So okay. that totally makes sense, too. Yep. Legal, Chap, Cofard, and Villard Forrest, wow, in 2011, used subliminal messages to prime people with the words, quote, to trust, as they were looking at a message about the quality of their tap water. The result was that the people who viewed the message found the report about tap water consumption to be much more persuasive. Hmm. So you can see in all these, all these studies, there is an effect that these uh, subliminal messages have. I think the reason that people are denying it doesn't work and therefore, we're not doing it because it doesn't work. Is because yeah. there's a liability attached yeah, there to totally that. Yeah, there totally is. There totally is. It's believed by pretty much everyone, though, that these messages don't work unless people already want to do that behavior or they have a specific need. Like a subliminal message to make me kill someone won't work unless I already really want to kill that person. Or a subliminal message to drink. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Or a message to drink a certain soda won't work unless I am thirsty and I'm already trying to choose between two sodas equally. Like I don't drink soda, so that probably wouldn't work on me. Or as Johann C. Karaman said after the Lipton Ice Experiment, quote, priming only works when the prime is goal relevant. So it's more of a light nudge than actually making you do something but like i said if i'm standing between two soda machines and i can't really choose which one i want a subliminal subliminal message message would maybe sway me towards choosing one of them it's not going to make you go buy a soda yeah Yeah, just out of the blue so does it happen maybe i mean i will get into that one the what do you thinks but i think i think people do mess around with subliminal advertising Mm -hmm. i really do you know, it's like the Amazon logo. Some people don't realize that it's making a smiley face with mm-hmm. the swoop. Uh, the FedEx logo, which has the white arrow in between the spaces on the E and the X, indicates subliminally the speed which which the company will deliver your packages. Hmm. You know, so is that subliminal message or is that just a cool logo design? I don't Both. know. I don't know. But I'm going to throw this one in there because Krista did bring it up and I wasn't going to mention it because I didn't really think that it was in with the subliminal messages but it is and that is a grocery shopping mm. oh uh, yeah yep shelving placement yeah. yep the most so expensive grocery, stuff. yeah grocery yep. stores are laid out in a way that almost force you to follow a certain path around the store in almost all grocery stores the first department you enter as you begin to shop is the produce department where our senses are almost overwhelmed by a wide variety of colors shapes smells and textures that's where the healthy stuff is yeah though. Also usually placed near the doors is the bakery department with its scent of freshly baked bread. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they purposely pipe it into the pipe whole, it yep. in so they do that, that you at smell festival it. Like foods. they don't yeah, festival does that. Totally. Yeah, like they actually they actually purposely pump the smell of the baking bread and it's, out. It's donuts, yeah. not bread, yeah. donuts. Yeah. Yep. To make people it's very specific. Yeah. <laughs> so Works. with these two departments coming together, the bakery uh <laughs> I just went through puberty. So with these two departments coming together, the bakery and the produce department, uh, we subliminally associate the store as a welcoming place, fresh, natural, fragrant, and healthy with comforting shades of grandma's kitchen. Lighting is chosen to make fruits and vegetables appear at their brightest and freshest. And according to a Nat Geo article, quote, the periodic sprays of fresh water that douse the produce bins are all for show. 
though used to give fresh foods a deceptively dewy and fresh pick mm. look, the water actually has no practical purposes. In fact, it makes vegetables spoil faster than they otherwise would. That's hilarious. But it makes you think of them as being fresher because they're wet. You know? You, have you noticed, I don't know if you go to Pick and Save at all, but when those sprinklers come on, the song I'm Singing in the Rain plays? No, I did not <laughs> notice that. That's kind of cool. Funny. Uh, this I knew from working in a grocery store. Dairy departments are almost always located as far from the entrance as possible, ensuring that customers who might only be stopping in for one or two things will have to walk the length of the store, passing a bunch of tempting products en route, yep. en route to the milk, eggs, cheese, and yogurt. Mm-hmm. Especially popular items are routinely located in the middle of the aisle so that even the most single-minded buyer has a chance to be distracted by alternatives. And the most expensive. Yes. Mid-aisle positioning is intended to sideline the so-called boomerang effect in which some shoppers, notably men, simply head for the item they need then return the way they came. A famous study of background music and supermarket shoppers conducted in 1982 found that people spent 34% more time shopping with a corresponding uptick in sales in stores that played faster music. Hmm. Uh, Shelf order is a psychological trap. The most expensive items are generally placed conveniently at eye level with generic brands on the lower shelves so that to get to them you actually have to crouch. Mm -hmm. Foods meant to appeal to kids are set at kids' eye level and once, and I just actually listened to a podcast about this. One re- study by researchers at Cornell found that kid-targeted cereal packaging is designed so that the cartoon characters on the boxes are making direct eye contact with shorter passerbys. That's so, cr- and I listened that's to there's creepy, a podcast. Actually. Yeah, there's a podcast called Part Time Genius. Okay, I think it's put out by Mental Floss. Okay, and every episode is a different topic, and they did one on breakfast cereals, and I don't remember the percentages, but they said that. In studies, they had boxes where the animal mascot was looking straight ahead, and they had boxes where it was looking down at where a kid would be, and they said that the kid always went for the one that was making eye contact mm. with them. So, yeah, I wasn't even going to bring that up in the That's episode. So I actually, weird. It's funny because I actually pulled that from the episode because it's not really subliminal, but it kind of is. I think it is because it's there's intention behind yeah, it. You totally. know what I mean? Yep, totally. That seems there's attention and it's manipulating. Innocent. It's manipulating you to sell to buy more products. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so now I have five examples or things where subliminal messages kind of were involved. Okay. So number five, and you see this a lot when you look up subliminal messages on the internet. That is, there's a lot of people that think there are a lot of subliminal messages in Walt Disney movies. The Lion King, in yeah. Particular. So some examples in The Lion King. There's a visible sex in the cloud of dust or flower petals after Simba lays down on top of a cliff. Mm-hmm. You can see pictures of this if you Google it. You can see YouTube clips where they slow it down. And you can see there is a legitimate... Yeah, it, it, I've seen When it. he plops down, it does legitimately form letters. According to Disney animator Tom Cito, the word is not a subliminal sex message. He says, quote, it's just a shout out to the special effects department. It doesn't say sex. It says special effects. It's F. It's SFX, not S-E-X. Oh, I can see that. But I could totally see it being, an, when I look at the clip, I can see it as sex. I can right. see it. But I can see what he's saying, that it could be SFX. F could be E. It's just but missing one. But still, why one. would you risk doing something like that, knowing that people are probably going to think it's the word sex? Mm-hmm. I don't know. The front cover of the VHS case of the Little Mermaid appears to show an erect penis in the castle spires, and this one totally does. I mean, mm-hmm. they can deny it all they want. I I remember seeing the. 
I think it's like edited out of newer ones, but Probably. I remember seeing the original one they're talking about, and I'm like, it 100% looks like an erect penis on the front of the Little Mermaid VHS box. Okay. Uh, according to an article on the Inquirer with an I.net website, quote, Fact-checking website Snopes claimed that it was able to speak to the artist who was not named. He reportedly said that the artwork was rushed at 4 o'clock in the morning and that drawing the phallic symbol was an accident. Last February 14th, Disney artist Dave Woodman, who worked on the animation for The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, and Aladdin, shattered the truth behind the art on Instagram. He credited animator and producer Stephen Wirth for the story, who worked in Bagdasarian Productions with the artist who was identified as Ron Diaz. According to Worth, Diaz told him that he was commissioned to do the artwork at the last minute and that he had to work over the weekend to finish on time. He was kind of punchy from lack of sleep towards the end and decided to put a little joke on the cover for himself. So it was on purpose. That's what, that's what this guy is claiming. Hmm. He said when Diaz looked at it Monday, he realized that his inside joke was not subtle at all. However, he had no time to fix it with a 10 a.m. meeting with Disney. <laughs> Diaz, probably feeling guilty about tarnishing a children's movie, pointed out the spire to his contact who worked in production and said he would revise it for free. He was told that executives would go over it the same afternoon and would be advised for revisions. After a week, Diaz followed up on revisions since he was worried about his goof. The production person said the cover had been approved, even though they were warned about the penis-shaped tower. Worth said that Ron just shrugged his shoulders and said, if they don't care, I guess I don't care either. That's interesting. But yeah, like, but there's still a lot of, a lot of sites say that it's not, that it's just us reading something into it. But I totally know. It's totally a penis. It totally looks like a penis. And it's also said that in the movie Aladdin, at one point, Aladdin says the phrase, quote, good teenagers, take off your clothes. According to the Aladdin director's commentary, the line is actually an ad lib to extend the scene. It's believed to actually say something like, good tiger, take off, scat, go. According to the evidence, the controversial line is just misheard. Disney animator Tom Cito stated, quote, the two animators who were doing the sequence are both like very religious guys. That's not their sense of humor. Hmm. And you can listen to this quote on YouTube. I didn't want to put it in here because of sketchy copy. Well, Disney right. is not very friendly with people using yeah. stuff. So I didn't put that on here. Probably a good idea. But I, I don't know on this one because I can hear people. I can hear where people think that it's saying good teenagers take off your clothes. But it also doesn't sound exactly like it. Hmm. So I don't know. It's like an EVP. Yeah. In the Disney animated movie The Rescuers, there is a photo of a nude woman in the background of one of the scenes, and this one is 100% true. The image, a Playboy centerfold, was inserted into the background of the scene for a split second as a joke to see if anyone would notice it. A lot of the original executives who produced the original movie left Disney, and not knowing about the naked image, the new executives used the original negative from 1977 in the re-edition. This reportedly led to a major recall. Animator Tom Cito stated, quote, if somebody had asked an artist, he would say, oh, yeah, there's a naked picture in there. I mean, the Playboy centerfold. Everybody knows that. Everybody who was in animation knew about the centerfold, but nobody asked us. Hmm. And you can see pictures of this on in Google. If you Google uh, the rescuer's nude woman, you'll see pictures of it. It's in the background. It's very hazy, but there is an image of a nude woman. They're like flying on something, passing a bunch of buildings, and in one of the windows you can see the the picture of the nude woman. Okay. But is that is that subliminal or is that just somebody having fun? I think right. that's just somebody having fun. Some of fun. these just sound like sort of pranks. Yeah, exactly. But Not- there's a there's a lot of people that believe there are a lot of subliminal messages in the Disney movies and a lot of nefarious 
subliminal messages mm-hmm. in the Disney movies tied in with pedophilia. Right, because these are children yeah, mostly watching we'll these movies. we'll probably get to that at some other future episode. Item number four is the BTK killer. In 1978, Wichita, Kansas TV station KAKE Cake placed a subliminal message during a news show interview about the BTK killer in an effort to get himself to turn himself in. After the murder of Nancy Fox, the BTK killer, Dennis Rader, sent a sketch to the police, and part of the sketch featured a pair of glasses that were laying upside down. During an interview with the police chief on KAKE-TV, the subliminal message, which consisted of a drawing of the glasses and the words, quote, now call the chief, flashed on the screen for one or two frames in an attempt to get the killer to call the station. The subliminal message had no effect. But there's pictures of that online, too, if you want to see. Do we even know that he was watching TV? <laughs> Probably not. I mean... Probably not. But I mean, they were they were doing anything they could to get this yeah. guy to stop killing people. Hmm. So they tried the subliminal message, and it didn't work. But it's, it's like one of the known cases where there was a message inserted into something on TV, knowingly. Item number three, and this one's kind of a weird one, are baby toys. Blanche hmm. Skelton, that's her name, Blanche Skelton, was feeding her baby when she heard something beside the soothing sound of ocean waves coming from a toy attached to the crib. She could hear a voice clearly saying the words, I hate you. (gasps) After asking her husband, her her parents-in-law, and everyone else in the home east of Hazel Dell, they were all convinced. The toy was definitely, although quietly, saying the words, I hate you. Blanche's six-month-old son, Alex, got the toy as a Christmas present. It makes soothing aquarium sounds and has an aquarium on the front, but in between the white noise of ocean waves, a tiny babyish voice be heard saying this disturbing sentence. Made in China, the toy was sold by Walmart and carries the Kid Connection brand, which is a Walmart store brand. Blanche and her husband, Steve, said that they went to the Walmart store Thursday and listened to two other aquarium toys like theirs. Sure enough, they heard the creepy voice again. The couple talked to a manager who scoffed until another employee said that he could clearly hear it too. So the manager pledged to get the toy off of the shelves and offered the family a refund. By Friday, the toys were gone from shelves at the Hazel Dell store, but the skeletons would rather get the word out to other families who may have bought the toy. Gary Skeleton, Blanche's father-in-law, asked, quote, how many kids right now are laying in their crib listening to this? Right. Yeah. That's really yeah. disturbing, actually. In October 2008, some parents of children who owned, quote, the little mommy real loving baby cuddle and coo dolls wow. reported odd utterances made by the talking toys. In the gurgling baby voice, they heard the statements, quote, Islam is the light and, quote, Satan is king emanate from them. So I, I, this drives me nuts because I had, you can, I can hear. That's shocking. Yeah. I can hear it's no, it's, it's a cooing baby gurgling sound and you can hear it say Islam is the light. Mm -hmm. And I had that sound and I don't know where that went. I had it as an Mm -hmm. MP3 and I searched my computers yesterday and I cannot find it. But if you YouTube do search for this on YouTube, you can find news stories where they play the baby saying Islam is the light. The dolls were made by Fisher-Price, a subsidiary of toy giant Mattel. Mattel went on to say, quote, The little mommy cuddle and coo dolls feature realistic baby sounds, including cooing, giggling, and baby babble with no real sentence structure. The only scripted word the doll says is, quote, mama. There is a sound that may resemble something close to the word night, right, or light. It's believed that because the sound file is... File. 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 (laughs) 
It's believed that because the sound file is being played through a small toy speaker, the sounds may be imprecise or distorted. But when I listen to it, I can clearly hear it say, Islam is the light. But, you know... What's, I mean, what's, it's like God is good. What's yeah, the difference? Yeah, it's like saying God is good. The or it's I like hate saying, you is uh, disturbing. The Kabbalah is true. Right. I don't, I don't get why... That's a, a bad subliminal message. You I mean, know, I don't. What's the point of it? I don't understand. I don't know, but, but I don't. A lot of this comes from it's the not fact. Malicious. A lot of this comes from the fact that there are people that are convinced that the toy industry is purposely turning kids into maladjusted sociopaths, and that's why that one toy always said, "I hate you, I hate you, I hate you," because it's destroying the child's sense of self worth. And there's a lot of people that this is a rabbit hole you can go down that there's a lot of people that think that there's like a satanic effort to do things with the toys that kids play with to change influence them, them as children. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there's a bunch of other ones. There was a 2009 report about a Hannah Montana doll was thought to sing the words, quote, later we'll have some pumpkin pie. But a lot of people said they think it sounds like effing pie instead of pumpkin. And when I listened, I did listen to the clip in a YouTube video, and it does sound like they're saying effing pie with, with the full word. I'm not saying the word on here, so I don't get this marked as explicit. Hmm. But instead of pumpkin pie, they can hear effing pie. Like it actually says that Like it actually word. says it. Okay. And it does sound like it actually says it. Hmm. And there was a lawsuit in 2000 after a woman was convinced that a Teletubby doll her child had was saying, quote, I've got a gun, I've got a gun, run away, run away. A new story came out that a woman in 2006 thought that the little mermaid doll her daughter had was calling her a slut. The daughter was pressing the button quickly on the doll so she could get through the phrases and get to the song, but as you press quickly through the buttons, you can clearly hear the doll say, quote, you're a slut. And her daughter started repeating that phrase over and over. Oh, my God. You know, in 2008, a two-year-old in Florida named James had an Elmo Knows Your Name doll that you could connect to a computer to teach it phrases and to have it teach the child's name. And the parents were shocked to find that the doll kept uttering the phrase, kill James. Uh, After an hour, she put new batteries in thinking there was something wrong with the batteries. And it just kept saying over and over, kill James, kill James. She says, quote, I noticed exactly what it was saying. And my son started repeating exactly what it was saying. Fisher-Price said that they were investigating the situation. And there's a lot of this stuff. One thing, you know, this is kind of off topic, but one thing, when I worked in the grocery store when I was, you know, late teens, early 20s, I worked with a buddy of mine, and we were in the toy aisle, you know, pulling the stuff on the the shelf together, and we were looking at the toys. And what was interesting was that they had, like, a little toy kitchen set, and they had a box of crackers in the toy kitchen set, and it was supposed to be, like, a play on Nabisco, but it was instead it was Natasco, and Natas is Satan backwards, and it was clear as day on there. It was like mm. Satan backwards co. Instead of Nabisco, it was Natasco, and we just thought that was so weird. Mm. And we kind of looked, and we noticed that a lot of the kids' toys had like weird imagery on them. And I don't have it in here. I probably should have put it in here, but this actually popped up a couple years ago where dollar stores had a wand. It was called like Princess Glitter Wand. It was this wand that had, it was like pink, and it had like a flower on the end, Mm -hmm. and it had a mirror 
like a piece of reflective tape on the end. It was like a mirror where the girl could look at herself. Mm-hmm. But the weird thing was when you press the button, it made a screaming noise. It was like a girl screaming. After seeing her reflection? No, no. Just anytime you would press a button on there to have it make a noise, instead of making like a jingly jangly noise, it made a screaming noise. That's weird. And one of the moms one day pulled off the reflective sticker that was supposed to be the mirror and underneath it was like a weird picture of like a girl, a teenage girl looking demonic, and she was slicing her wrist. <gasps> she was cutting her wrist. And, and that you was could, at the dollar store? That was at the dollar store that was underneath the... And I guess the company said that that was like a Halloween wand they had at one time, but they just marketed it instead as like a... To save money. To they save put money. Over they put it. something over it. But it's like a really weird picture of like a demonic looking girl slicing her wrist with a knife. Even for like Halloween, yeah. that's like yeah. messed up. Yeah. Like, hang on a second. I'm, I can, I'm sure I can find a picture of it. Yeah, here's... This is a, this is a, picture, of, a picture of what was underneath the mirror. That's really creepy. Yeah. That's really weird. Yeah. I just showed Krista a picture of... Uh, wow. What? Yeah, that would be really scary for a little girl. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there's just a lot of weird... There's a lot of... You know, I know it's gonna call people are going to call me a conspiracy kook, but there's a lot of weird stuff about kids' toys. Well, directed at children. Yeah, yeah. directed at children. So there's I think that. the idea is they're little sponges, yep. so if you can influence them yep. early... So that's kids' toys of subliminal messages. Hmm. The Exorcist, the film The Exorcist, and this one is pretty well known. Mm-hmm. In the film The Exorcist, a creepy white-faced demon briefly flashes on screen at 45 minutes and one second into the film. During a dream sequence featuring Father Karras, the priest charged with uh, exorcising Reagan, walking out of a, or he sees his mom walking out of a subway, and then the picture flashes on the screen. According to an October 10th, 2016 article on the Mental Floss website called, quote, The Terrifying Subliminal Image Hidden in the Exorcist, the article says, quote, The fleeting shots were part of William Friedkin's strategy to unnerve moviegoers using both visuals and sounds that he felt stood the best chance of creating an uneasy atmosphere. The face was intended to represent one of the demons inhabiting Reagan and appears for roughly an eighth of a second each time. Interviewed by Entertainment Weekly about the technique in 2012, Friedkin's, Friedkin lamented that home video gave most of his secrets away. He said, quote, you couldn't catch it before VHS, and now you can stop the DVD and stare mm-hmm. at it. Yeah. So there's a lot of movies that do have subliminal, uh, like Fight Club. Fight Club has one that uh, some people don't realize. I didn't know there was. Yeah, like, like during the movie, uh, what's his name? Brad Pitt's character. I don't know. Tyler Durden? talks about how he inserts subliminal messages in movies. And at the very end of the movie, there for like one split second at the end of the movie, there's a very visible male penis like flashed on the screen. Hmm. And then throughout the movie... I don't he, remember that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I totally saw that when it first hmm. happened. But then throughout the movie, his character appears in uh, subliminal flashes. There's like at least four or five parts of the movie where he flashes before you're even introduced to his character. Really? Yeah, he flashes on the screen. Like there's one scene where Ed Norton's character is standing there. And then for one split second, uh, the Tyler Durden character flashes on the screen standing right next to him. But it's like hard to see unless you know what you're looking for. But he does pop up in uh, subliminal messages throughout the movie. Weird. So yeah, there's there's a lot of movies that do toy with subliminal messages. Probably just to build tension or something. Yeah, to something. build tension yeah. or, you know, a lot of it is to hide stuff. Hmm. You know, there's a lot of fascinating stuff with movies with that. Okay. And finally, number one, this one, 
I don't know if anybody has requested we do this one, but this one is actually this actually shows up a lot in like conspiracy minded websites and forums and stuff. And that is a 1960s TV station sign off video. You know what I'm talking about? Like back before cable TV, back before right. TV was on. At like midnight. At like midnight or 11 o'clock at 1 o'clock in the morning. Have you watched Poltergeist yet? No, I totally forgot about it. Because that's on Poltergeist. Is it? Well, there's just like a scene with yeah. that. But at, the, like, they play the national anthem yeah. and then the so when, when static. The, when the on. TV station used to go off for the night, it would play the national anthem and it would always have this movie, like a little patriotic mm-hmm. movie. Flag. showing stuff and yep. it would play the national anthem at the bottom of the screen it would play it would show the lyrics for the national anthem so this one is a little weird and it was actually going to be a mini mystery but this seemed like the perfect episode to discuss it in on november 11th 2009 a youtube user named naomi 19631963 uploaded a video onto youtube titled quote National Anthem, 1960s TV station sign-off. Anyone as old as myself will remember that back in the pre-cable TV days, television stations used to sign off for the day, usually around 1 a.m. or 2 a.m., and there would be no TV until the following morning when the stations would usually sign on again around 5 o'clock a.m. with like a farm report or something Mm -hmm. like that. I'm really nostalgic for that. I love the idea that there was nothing on TV. Right. You know? At sign-on and sign-off, the stations usually played the national anthem accompanied by a patriotic video or a video of natural wildlife scenes. Often, the national anthem video featured the lyrics on screen. That's what Naomi19631963 uploaded to YouTube. The description for the uploaded video just reads, quote, I salvaged this reel of film from a TV station that used to sign off with it during the 1960s. The uploader later posted in a comment stating that the video was salvaged from Alabama and that it was probably broadcast in several states. The video of the TV station sign-off was on YouTube for two years before a viewer noticed that there was something strange about the clip. At the bottom of the screen during the video, the lyrics to the national anthem are shown. As the song plays, the lyrics erase from left to right as the next lyrics take their place. As the letters in the lyrics are erased, however, for a split second, the letters are changed to another letter before they disappear. This letter change is sort of noticeable in the clip at full speed, if you know what you're looking for, but it's much more noticeable when the clip is slowed down. As the letters are erased from left to right, the letters change and become a hidden phrase that quickly plays out from left to right before the next lyrics show up. And even though it's barely noticeable at full speed, the video being slowed down, you can watch it several times and you're able to see these hidden phrases. The hidden phrases that show up during the video are as follows. Trust the U.S. government. God is real. God is watching. Believe in government God. Rebellion will not be tolerated. Oh my God. Obey, consume, obey, consume. Buy Ultra, buy Naomi. Worship, consume, obey, believe. Do not question government. That is crazy. Since the discovery of this clip, there has been a lot of debate on whether or not the clip is legitimate and was actually shown on television stations. We're going to pause now because I want to show Krista this. By the time you're listening to this, I'll have this clip posted in The Strangers. But I just want to show Krista so she kind of knows what I'm talking about here. Okay, I showed Krista the clip. What do you think of that? If that's legitimate. If that's legit. It's, that is so... I mean, it's you. I, we had to like look oh. for the slowest possible version of the clip. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. Krista could finally see... It's, it's there. It's there. That it's and if that's these, a real thing that was played on TV, that is so shady. Yeah. 
That is so shady. Yeah. So we have two theories about this. This particular video? Yes. Okay. Theory number one, the clip is not legitimate. Which it very well could be. Yeah, because it's weird that... The, what what makes me think that this isn't legitimate is that the username of the person who uploaded the clip is Naomi1963, 1963, and one of the subliminal phrases that shows up is, quote, by Ultra, by Naomi. Mm-hmm. What is Naomi? We'll get to that okay. in, the next, in the next part. Sub-theory B under this is that some of the phrases, such as obey, consume, seem to be almost lifted straight out of the movie They Live. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie They Live. Mm-hmm. I think so. With Roddy Piper? Roddy Rowdy the, Piper? Yeah, with the glasses. He ends up getting these sunglasses that when he wears the sunglasses, he can see that some of the people walking around are aliens, that they're not real. Yeah, I think I've seen And that like, all it. billboards and all signs actually say obey, consume, reproduce... Mm-hmm. Like, you know, to manipulate us. Yeah. So phrases such as obey, consume seem almost to be lifted directly from that movie. Unless that movie lifted it exactly. from this video. Exactly. Sub-theory C. Sub-theory C. The font used for the subliminal lines is different than the font used in the main lyrics. Wouldn't it just make it more noticeable, though? Possibly. To your brain? But that's what people, that's one of the reasons people say that it's not legitimate. Mm. And sub-theory D, this same national anthem video was actually broadcast on television for several years. There are several clips online of this sign-off video being used in 1980 and 1981 where there are no subliminal messages in the lyrics. This led people to believe that this actual video was doctored much later to include these messages. Hmm. And we're going to refute all these. We're going to do arguments against all these in the next one. So that's uh, theory one, that this is... Not, not real. real. Okay. Which the Naomi thing is weird because mm-hmm. they've named themselves Naomi 1963, 1963. But Maybe they named themselves that after discovering yeah, this video. Yeah. Okay. It's possible. So theory number two, the clip is legitimate. Sub theory A, people assume that because the user who posted the clip is named Naomi 1963, 1963, and the phrase by Naomi shows up in the subliminals, it's a sign that the video is fake. An article on the website VigilantCitizen.com called, quote, Did a broadcast of the national anthem in the 1960s contain subliminal messages? Says, quote, The username of the uploader is Naomi1963-1963. Coincidentally enough, a subliminal line from the video is by Naomi, B-U-Y, not B-Y-E. It's Mm -hmm. B-U-Y, Naomi. This is perceived as proof that the original uploader knew about the messages and maybe inserted the messages themselves, but wanted to go for the, quote, found by accident effect. This is indeed a possibility, but it is not conclusive proof that the video is fake. According to the YouTuber who first posted a slowed-down version of the video, quote, the original uploader is not a regular YouTuber, but salvaged this from an old reel they found in Alabama. The old reel probably had written on it somewhere, Naomi 1963 or something similar, when he uploaded it onto YouTube, he simply used that as his YouTube name. That's my thought. He never once indicated he was aware of anything out of the ordinary in this clip. The name of the original uploader is therefore indeed suspicious, but it's not proof that the video is fake. Right. Like, like he said, if, there, if this was a genuine film that was used, the canister could have said Naomi 1963. Mm-hmm. 
The words Ultra and Naomi are also significant as two secret CIA projects that were active at the time, but largely unknown to the public, MK were MKUltra, yeah. which was about mind control, and MK Naomi, which was about biological warfare. Mm, I didn't know about that. I didn't either. So they theorized that when it's saying buy Ultra, buy Naomi, it's telling the public to accept mm-hmm. that they are doing the mind control stuff and the biological warfare stuff. So the user being Naomi 1963-1963 isn't necessarily proof that the Anthem video was fake. I would want someone to analyze the actual film. Yeah. Well, sub-theory B. While the phrases obey, consume were used in the film They Live, they do sound like the kinds of things that would be used in a subliminal, subliminal, in a subliminal message like this. The fact that they were used in the film is not proof that that's where the phrase originated from. People who believe that the video is real state that it's possible someone who knew about the message in the video was responsible for getting it into the movie they live rather than the movie influencing the sign-off video. That it was actually the sign-off video that influenced the movie. Hmm. Like you said, maybe Mm -hmm. somebody knew about that. I'm guessing a lot of people knew about it. Sub-theory C, the font being different in the message. Again, the Vigilant Citizen website says, quote, Does this prove that the video is a hoax? Not really. Before the advent of computer graphics, text was overlaid on video footage by hand using green screens. The sequences were then shot in stop motion frame by frame as technicians moved objects around after each shot. Under intense scrutiny, it is therefore easy to find differences and inconsistencies in text found on older films. If one closely observes the letters for the national anthem lyrics, these differences can also be noted there. Hmm. If one overlooks these differences, one must admit that the text of the subliminal messages blends perfectly with the words of the national anthem. If a hoaxer added these words using computer software such as After Effects, this person did an amazing job to make the added text look as old as the original text. The subliminal text is not crisper or more digital as the anthem lyrics. That's true. The subliminal text has the exact same amount of blurriness due to the age of the video. Furthermore, if you look at the word real in the above image, the alleged hoaxer even took the time to misalign some letters and to add an old school manual effect to it all. If the hoaxer had such amazing computer skills, didn't he have the tools to exactly replicate the original font? Mm, Good point. And that's very true. I mean, that's like if he could do all this, why wouldn't he just make it look? But then that's a fallacy, too, that... It's, you know, it adds validity if somebody doesn't do something as good Perfectly. as something. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, that's kind of can go either way. If you want something to appear yeah. authentic, it make shouldn't it, be make perfect. It, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And sub-theory D, the claim that the hoaxer used the 1981 video as a source, and this one's kind of a clincher for me. This one's kind of weird. The claim that the hoaxer used the 1981 video as a source to add subliminal messages later using computer software. A comparison of both videos, however, reveals that this is not what happened. First, the subliminal video has a wider field of view than the 1981 version. A building that is partially cut off in the 1980 and 1981 clips found online is whole in the subliminal clip. If this video was edited, you expect it to be the opposite with stuff getting cut out of the doctored video rather than seeing more of the actual video. And that's totally true. Mm -hmm. Like if somebody took this clip and edited something on it, it would be condensed. It would be like you you could tell that they it was like a smaller version or Mm -hmm. it would be the same exact length. The fact that the video that's has the messages shows part of the screen that wasn't available in the 1980 and 1981 videos 
kind of gives a lot of uh, credence to the fact that this could be legitimate. Well, you know, at the beginning of most movies you watch on TV, it says yeah. this was edited yep. to fit your yep. screen. Yeah. But, that then, would, the, the, yeah. but then that means that the person who did this had access to, to the, the original, original video. Yep. Right. Uh, it's possible that someone had access to the full screen video rather than the one that is seen in the online clips, but what are the odds of that? Another difference is that in the 1981 version, the text is yellow and the shadow projects off the top left of the letters. On the subliminal video, the shadow goes towards the bottom right. This shows that the 1980s footage was not the source of the hoax. Some people believe that with the advent of VCRs that could record the sign-off and possibly discover the hidden message, the sign-off video was redone to remove the message, and that's why the version from the 1980s doesn't have it. And that's totally true. Yeah. Like, if, if they did this and realized that with VCRs coming out, people could slow it down or somehow stop it to look that, to see that there's a message there, they completely redid it so that the message wasn't there. Well, and there are probably a bunch of different versions of this. I've never seen that particular one with the waves crashing. But this and stuff. one, you can see, you can find it online. You can find sure. You, you can, can probably find, find a whole bunch of different of ones too. There is no message, right? So I don't, I, I don't know. The sign-off video was the only thing posted on Naomi 1963 1963's channel until December twenty eighth, two thousand seventeen, when they uploaded a video called "Quote Clinical Examination and Evaluation A." which shows a black and white video of a doctor or a researcher talking to and examining three men who are obviously somehow impaired. Speculation includes schizophrenia, LSD testing, prototype truth serum testing, or mind control. Mm. And that's a weird clip too to watch at. It's kind of creepy watching that. Mm. So those are the videos that Naomi 1963-1963 has. So Maybe they're sort of like a whistleblower. Very well could be. So that's really all I have. Hmm. So what do you think? What do you think about this? Disturbing. What do you think about that? Like, I'm fascinated with that sign-off video. Yeah. Like, a, a, it shows up a lot, but it's not really well known. There's a lot I've of never people, heard of it. There's a lot of people that are 100% convinced that it's, it's fake, and there's a lot of people that are 100% convinced it's real. And I don't know. I, I Part of me sees both. Like, I, I think the by Naomi thing kind of shows that somebody doctored it but the fact that they have the version where it's like the full screen with the buildings that are cut off right how could you do that how could you do that unless somebody stumbled across the old actual footage that they used and then used that footage to doctor maybe they work at that state station that had it so i don't know Hmm. if that's if it's legitimate that is creepy as hell really creepy that and it wouldn't surprise me that they would do that. No, know? that doesn't surprise me at all. No. So. I don't know. I, it's hard to say. I guess I don't. I feel like I don't know enough about it, yeah. but it would not surprise me if it were real. Like, what do you think of subliminal advertising? I think that there's something to it. Yeah. I I think that enough studies have shown that like they paint hospitals a certain color yeah. because it's calming. Yeah. You know, there's little things like that that ha- that influence how we feel. So why wouldn't advertisers use that? Yeah. And I think you can get away with things like lighting and imagery and um, colors and things like that because that seems way more innocent than flashing words yes. on a yeah. screen. So like I you- think that that's just the more subtle version of subliminal marketing yeah. i'll say not messaging but marketing so maybe do you think what do you think about advertising do you think that they oh they're totally doing yeah. it yeah i, I i've been f- 
fascinated by this since I was a kid. And I, I would literally, we had a used bookstore in Manitowoc and it's still there. And they had a locked room that was the adult room. And I used to go there all the time to get the key for the adult room. And believe it or not, I wasn't even looking at the pictures. I was looking at the old Playboy and any advertisement that I saw in the book, like an old Playboy at like, I feel like 70 to 80, 1970 to 1980 was like a, like the hotspot for subliminal advertising. Okay. Uh, and I used to go in there just to page through the Playboys to find old liquor ads or cigarette ads. And there's there's a lot of really suspect stuff in those ads. You know, I can I'll post a couple of the more interesting ones in the group. Like I have a collection at home of what I think are subliminal advertisements. And I totally think it does happen. I think that it's one of those things that they never knew for sure if it would have an effect, but they figured, why not try why not? it? It's not yeah. costing I mean, us the word sex extra. shows up a lot. One mm-hmm. thing that's interesting is when I worked at the grocery store, they had just come out with bags of Ruffles sour cream and cheddar chips. Okay. And I got a 25-cent bag one day, and I went and sat in the lunchroom, and I ate it, and I was just kind of zoning out looking at the bag, and all of a sudden, it popped out that one of the potato chips on the front of the bag clear as day had the word sex on it Hmm. in white it was like in a white spacing and i took it around and showed it to people and people were like oh my god it it is like 100 (coughs) it is 100 the word sex Hmm. on there that you don't see until all of a sudden like the key then you can't unsee yeah the key with the (laughs) subliminal stuff is that if you you're relaxed and not thinking about it it'll pop out to Hmm. you but if you're like looking at it if you're like you know, you have to be relaxed in order to see It's like one of those these. puzzle pictures. Yes. Yeah. You have to lose focus yeah. to see the hidden image. But there's so much fascinating stuff about mm. advertising, uh, especially subliminal advertising that I could have went on and on about it. Like, I'm fascinated by it. And like you said, it's scary because it's a very subtle form of mm-hmm. mind control, mm-hmm. which is a really creepy thing. It's really impossible to avoid. Yeah, it is. And, and... And it's targeted at kids, I believe that. Oh, for I totally sure. do. The, the the baby toy stuff is scary. That is really some of it. Weird. I think is like glitches, like the fast forwarding through the Little Mermaid doll and hearing you're a slut. I think you could just be hearing the very first part of whatever phrase yeah. she was going to say, and it might sound like yeah, that. I but don't the, think I hate you. Yeah, that's malicious. Yeah, yeah. like why would you do that? You know, to and a, a lot child. of that says because it was made in China and that they're trying to turn the children here into sociopaths. That you know. So it's it's scary. It's, so it's scary stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. I was going to talk about subliminal messages in music, but that could almost be a, a oh mini boy. mystery. We so play Beatles records yeah, backwards. Yeah, so we could we'll save that for something else. <laughs> okay. But yeah, and I don't know. I'm fascinated by that sign off video. Yeah. I would like to know if that was true. Right. You know, I don't know. I I don't like to think that it was, but I like that if it was, someone discovered it. Yeah, and the fact that it. they put that up and it sat there for two years before anybody noticed that, it's kind of weird. Like, you think if that person would have went through the trouble to make that, they would have like prodded people right. to look at this thing, you know? So I don't know. Yeah, that know. is odd. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder how many views it has today. Probably a ton. Mm-hmm. It's going to actually be a mini mystery on its own because I think it's fascinating and scary if it's mm-hmm. legit. Right. So that'll be up in the group if you guys want to check it out. And hmm. I think that's it for subliminal message. We have never used them on the show. No. No. We're not clever enough for that. No. We're too lazy to yeah. put subliminal to go, messages to go in there, in To here. go in there and put subliminal <laughs> messages. I, I cannot say... I, I, I'm surprised that I have such a hard time saying subliminal. That's kind of funny, actually. I know. I, if you, I edited out so much in this episode where I said subliminable. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, so it. forgive my slurring of the word, but I have a hard time considering Same. that I've always been fascinated with them. I have a hard time saying subliminal. So sub-liminal. I think that's it for yeah. the backup episode. Hopefully it was okay. Yeah. I thought it was fascinating. Yeah. So what do you guys think? What do you guys think about the sign-off video? Do you think that's legit or do you think that's not legit? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if I should post the actual video or post a video where it slows it down so you can I'd see the message. i do both. Yeah. Okay, I'll do both. Yeah. So I think that's it. Cool. Do, do we, we have any questions? Not for a backup episode. Okay, I think we'll save fine. those because God knows when this will air. Yeah. So not even a pickle joke, I don't think. Nah. No. Okay. We'll just sign off we're as already it an were. hour and a half so yeah we'll sign off as it were okay so as it were as it were so from krista and i from the old school media studio until next time stay, stay strange, strange. This has been an Old School Media production, executive produced by Kirk Konechny. For more information and content, please visit strangesessions.com.